everyone, and welcome to Agents Unfiltered, where we talk about the do's, the don'ts, and the what the fucks of real estate. I'm Allie. This is Danielle. And I'm Cassie Day. Join the three of us every week as we deep dive into some wild real estate cases and give our take. We are not attorneys and want to make it clear that this podcast or any linked materials should not be construed as legal advice. Nor is this information a substitute for professional expertise. We are not lawyers, financial advisors, doctors, or mortgage lenders, but we are your new BFFs. Okay. What a day. All right. We had a request this week, you guys. Yeah, what was it? From Garbage Skeleton. Thanks, Garbage Skeleton. We love you. Okay. So this follower asked for us to do the Stambovsky versus Ackley ruling. And so they called the Ghostbusters ruling because essentially it was about Strambovsky buying a house from Ackley and Ackley had this long running thing of poltergeists being at their house. So like had been like interviews from magazines. There was like a five house walk in New York and they were modern like the haunted house walk. So known poltergeists and they would tell like their firsthand stories and all that. Okay. So Helen Ackley, the owner of the property in, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Nyack, New York, reported the presence of poltergeists in the house multiple times between 1977 and 1989. And this was to the press. So obviously there is lots of documentation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she even disclosed this to the potential buyer, Jeffrey Stambovsky. There was a point too where she said that she wasn't going to fully accept the offer until she knew for a fact that he was told. about this so her list agent made sure that he was aware because she wanted him to be aware and that was you know she finally accepted the offer understanding that he had that understanding was there like anything about like ghosts are they like friendly or are they yeah so there's a few things so um a few of the stories i read like they would shake her daughter's bed every single morning to wake her up oh (laughs) well well and then but there's, there's a story about her daughter going on spring break. And I guess she announced really loudly, I'm leaving for spring break tomorrow. I can't wait to sleep in. And then the, the culture guys didn't shake their bed. Oh, so it followed direction. When I hear culture guys, I think like really bad. Like, oh. I don't think, like that's just some, such like a negative connotation for like a haunted thing to me. Like culture guys yeah. like terrifying. Yeah. But like a ghost or like a spirit, I'm yeah. that's friendly. So like, yeah, maybe I don't understand what culture guys really means. They can like move shit around. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh. I wish I could hire a poltergeist to wake up my teenager in the morning. Freaking A, that'd shoot me up. She doesn't wake up. And then she's mad at me when she's running late. <laughs> Oh my god, been a day. It's been a day. <laughs> Just something to air this morning. You can tell you what. So, okay, so not like I, not like a mean ghost. Yeah, it's like no. kind of doing their thing. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, so she said that there's been multiple sightings. Like there was, I forget the name of the guy, but I think he was like a naval lieutenant, and he haunted the house. And so she was like painting one day up on a slatter and he was like face to face with her and she like asked him if he liked it and approved of the color and he just nodded and then I guess they would leave presents for her kids when they were younger like little like baby rings so they would like leave yes but the gifts would always disappear oh yeah yeah we had so my grandparents had this huge house in northeast in Pennsylvania And when we lived there, when we were young and we lived in like the apartment below the main house and it had been like a bed and breakfast and there have been sp- like sightings of ghosts for years. Like yeah. one of my uncle's girlfriends, when they were like teenagers swore she saw and like would not stay there again, but like nothing bad. Just yeah. like, and one time my grandparents went away and we were downstairs and my mom, we heard footsteps and my mom's like, oh, they must be back. I'm going to go up to their place and yeah. check. No one was there. Mm-hmm. 
And so when we moved me back to the East Coast for college, we stayed at their house and I didn't see a ghost, but like I had these weird feelings and it was in the same place, like the same room that my uncle's girlfriend had yeah. that little scare when she was younger. And I like woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, you know, those movies where they're like floating. Like I had like rolled off the bed, but I was like floating. Like I woke up enough for like a few moments to be like, I'm not like I'm what not is happening. The ground. And then I fell. Yeah. It was weird. Why? It happened so much, but it was like never like a bad, it was yeah. never like a bad feeling. I got creeped out as a child and I thought, well, maybe we just imagined some stuff until that happened when I was 20. Yeah. Was like, yeah. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, no, but it really happened. Well, that's yeah. like your brother's garden house was haunted. But also he collects a lot of things from all over the world. So I swear to God, it was attached to those masks yeah. that he had. And it, oh my gosh. Yes. Fuck that <laughs> I stayed in there a couple of times. There was always something weird. And I remember one of the final times I stayed in there, it was with Olivia and the door kept opening. And so I went and I felt the knob and I shook it and I did everything. I tried to open it. I was like, maybe it's not latching. And I looked at Olivia and it was like the third time I got to the door. And I was like, if that door opens one more fucking time, I'm out of here. Lay down, I mean, two seconds later. I was like, no, quite <laughs> so not the pillow. And I went downstairs. I was like, at this point, you're just like taunting me. It's yeah. Like, ah, you just thought you had to leave down again. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, weird. Pick but if they're not me, but it's not no, like, no, you're no, just right. annoying as hell. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I guess it might help like to mess with you with like turning your music on in the middle of the night and opening that cover yeah. in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that I literally for the longest time I thought her children were going in there and just opening up it's this happy. thing. It's well, not. It's not well, and then I was like, maybe the hinges are funny, but nothing. And then after I mentioned it to Cassie, it never happened again. So maybe she was. Because there was nothing in the closet that anyone would need. It was like, how much is gaslighting you? A little makeup bag. <laughs> she is known to gaslight. It's my greatest gift. Yeah. Just kidding. That's my hobby. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> oh, rude. All right. Thinking off from, okay, so she had disclosed this information to the potential buyer, mm-hmm. Strambovsky, through the real estate broker before he signed the contract to purchase the house. So Strombovsky initially took it lightly, and that's where the whole Ghostbusters joke yes. came from. Because he goes, well, I guess we'll just be Ghostbusters' house. And so, like, he was aware, took it lightly, ended up, after being under contract, met up with the owner of the house, and she disclosed stories to him. And after that, he was like, oh, maybe this is a lot more, like, serious than I thought. So I'm wondering when the agent, like, disclosed it, if he kind of, like, made love of it and was like, they say it's haunted, you know? But then when he met with the actual seller mm-hmm. on the weekend and she like told firsthand stories and was like very passionate about like everything she said, yeah, he wigged out and wanted to rescind his contract. Oh, and that happened. I mean, he wanted to. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Why well, was the seller and the buyer meeting? Or I, I bet that happens. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, especially at older homes, you know, like yeah, they have to be described or, you know, and I feel like it's just one of those things that. I don't know. I've had it happen quite a few times over the years for whatever reason, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So basically Strembovsky decided to rescind the contract and it was interesting because it, it didn't say he lost earnest money in this, but his entire down payment. So that must've been part of the deal where right? it wasn't just higher down. Yeah. So I, gosh, sorry. I should have written that part down, but I think it was like third, there was 32,000. The house was 650. He put 32,000 down. So he lost 30. And when was this? Sorry. What? Oh, and yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it was, sorry, I think it was like oh, early 80s. So um, leading off from Sambovsky's legal action to rescind the contract and seek damage for fraudulent misrepresentation mm. was dismissed by the New York Supreme Court. 
And then obviously he went ahead and appealed the decision because. So why did he, what was his reason for fraudulent if she disclosed it? Because he claims that never happened. That she didn't disclose it? Yeah. What did his agent say? Did his agent say he disclosed it? I didn't read a thing about his agent. Oh, it was all about him versus her because he wants his money back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but disclosure to your agent is disclosure to you. Yeah. So if the agent, if there's proof that so it was- I mean, from what I read, it sounds, it almost, now that I think about it, I don't even think he was represented as the same because it talked about the list agent, the seller and him, but it never once mentioned his. Fired. Isn't that funny? I feel like the cases we've had recently, it's like they leave their own agent out, which is for the most part fair. Yeah. But again, if the list agent gave the information to the buyer's agent, then that's the same as giving yeah. it to the buyer. I'm wondering if maybe he wasn't represented. So the list agent just spoke directly to him. Oh. Which I don't know. It just, it just didn't say. Oh, like the buyer was not represented. I could be. Yeah, so that, that, that would make sense. It, that could be it. Could be. I, that would make sense. Yeah. That makes more sense too. Why the like the buyer and seller were in you know, communication and interesting. Oh yeah, that would make sense. When mm -hmm. that was more like an opening yeah. conversation. So in the majority opinion of the case, the court concluded that the property was considered haunted based on the owner's previous reports to national and local media. Um, like I said, she had been in like multiple publications and then was part of that ghost tour where it was like five houses in New York and everyone got to like walk So it was like story. certified haunted. Certified, claimed it was haunted. Uh -huh. And is then this the appellate court, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the court emphasized, regardless of the actual existence of ghosts, the widespread belief that the house was haunted significantly impacted its value. And although the court dismissed the fraudulent misrepresentation claim, saying that the realtor had no duty to disclose the haunting due to the doctrine of caveat emptor, which I had to look up. You guys knew what it was, but it's buyer beware. It is a legal principle that suggests buyers are responsible for checking and assessing the quality and condition of a product or property before making a purchase. Mm -hmm. So that reversed the trial's, trial court's decision on the rescission action. So basically it landed that he didn't win. Is that what I'm hearing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Even in court of appeals, he took it to appeals mm -hmm. and he lost again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Which I feel like haunting no, is no, no, not. No, it reversed the trial court's decision on the rescission. It like reversed it. Oh, decision. so then he was allowed to rescind. Yeah. He was allowed to rescind. And not get, and, and keep his money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then why but would that, why would that? No. Because if it's due to caveat and for, then it's saying the buyer beware. The appellate court argued that the haunting was not a condition a buyer could reasonably discover through inspection. So that is a haunting material fact. And despite caveat emptor, the court believed that equity should prevail when the seller takes unfair advantage of the buyer's ignorance. Huh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because normally I would say, yeah, it should be in writing. Like any disclosure should be in writing. Mm -hmm. But then the other part of me thinks if you if you disclose that something's haunted in writing and yeah. then the lender sees it, then what happens? Yeah. Do they then, does the appraiser then take into value? Like, I don't, that's just so that effect on, I think it's disclosure. One of those things where it's nothing that would ever show up on an actual inspection. So it's like, how do you improve them anything? And then how do you just assume that someone saw something in a newspaper? But also like it, and then they are, and the guy is saying that the conversation quote unquote never happened. That is why, which granted this was like years ago, but that is why everything should be in writing. Even yes. if it's not in the contract, it should be an email. It should yes. be a text message. Even if you have the phone call and explain in depth about like the haunting, 
And then follow up with a text message and saying, per our conversation, I just want to make sure that you're okay and aware of the poltergeist in the house. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what else you do. What an interesting, can you imagine your seller's like, hey, totally happy to sign these contracts, but will you just let them know verbally that there is a poltergeist in the house before I sign? And what a, can you imagine what a funny phone call you like, hey. <laughs> so, because you're like, neither of those persons are going to be like, I, or they're going to think you're freaking crazy. Well, but also, like, as an agent, like, if you, okay, if you're somebody who, like, is like, eh, whatever goes, like, I don't believe in that. Yeah. You're probably going to downplay it more and probably make it more like, well, you know, my seller's a little, you know, the house is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> like, the tone in which you deliver, that's why it has to be in writing. That's yes. why it has to be writing. Yeah. I never would have thought, though, that they would have. I mean, to be fair, he lost a lot of money. Like, that's a significant amount of yeah. money. And I wonder if that played into it. I wonder if it had been like three grand as opposed to 30 some thousand yeah. dollars. would have been different. If it would have been different because, and I, okay, yes, could a poltergeist quote unquote, affect the value of a property, I guess, but it could go one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. Well, so people want a haunted property. Yeah. So here's the follow-up after that. So kind of like silver lining for the seller mm-hmm. after that, the case generated obviously a lot of publicity and there was 25 to 50 potential buyers calling within a week of the court's decision. Hey, that's amazing. Perfect. Yeah. And I thought it was super interesting. So the home went up for sale for 1.9 million in 2020 and then in 2021 sold for 1.7, just over 1.7. And she originally was like six something, right? Oh, well, Danny years ago. Like in the 80s. But mm-hmm. still. But like well, she lot- probably sold it. Yeah. She yeah. must have sold it. And then. Yeah. And then it. A lot of like celebrities have owned it. Like there is a guy where I guess he is likes to like have paranormal homes like he likes to like collect them mm-hmm. I guess so he what a collection yeah what a yeah. collection of paranormal things <laughs> including homes and then like it said that Ingrid Michaelson you know the singer she oh, lives there cool so I'm like I want to like I actually haven't gotten like my eyes on the house but I'm so interested and I want to see yeah. it because I don't know where in New York that is Nyack it's like a little upstate oh yeah Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that place became pretty popular after that. So it really put them on the map more than before. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah. When I when my kids are all grown, I would love to own a really, really old, really haunted house. I think that would be so fun. Yeah. I'm, I don't I don't think I'm no well, I'm lying. I'm not haunted. Yeah, but how do you dictate that? You don't. Oh. That's why I'm <laughs> you can take your chances. I'd rather not. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Cassie's like, I'm at my stage. I'm fine. Yeah. And be friends out more in serious. Bye. That's crazy. Oh, like it. You're like, but yeah, that? she's like, yes, let me just be haunted. Dad. Yeah, it's fun being haunted. Mm. I mean, I've always been kind of haunting. The bad is not fun, but the good is whatever when i'm a ghost i'm gonna haunt the shit out of you guys i know know. the shower curtain's gonna fall and all that and it's not even gonna be like ghost cassie trying to do it yeah no i always tell my kids like when they're older and i i passed away they'll know that i'm with them because they'll hear oh shit and like thumping as i fall down the stairs and i'll be like oh she's visiting guys There she is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. I just back to the cave. Like I do not to circumvent that. I think that just goes to show we have to have it right. Like I can't understand another way to circumvent that. Yeah, it's a unique thing to have to disclose. I'm sure. But maybe what you do, 
if you're ever in this situation, I'm just trying to think for yeah. like, how do you how prevent do you, this for our clients? Yeah. If this were to happen, I feel like you would just find some of the news articles oh, and what? send them to the buyer. Yeah. I just, you know, the whole bit in the news, yeah. there's whatever. And then you have it. That's a great like, way to do it. They can determine whatever I'm, they want if to you're, If the house you are selling, has, and this will go into my next case that we're doing next week, is ever in the news for any reason, you should include the news story. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Because Except it's if gonna it's a murder. Eventually. Okay. Except if it's a murder. Well, because like it's not a mythical murder. Well, neither is a fucking vulture guys. I know, but it somebody like so if they I mean, I guess now it's different, right? Yeah. Because back in the day, you don't have like the internet at your fingertips. Yeah. But like now you can run an address and see. Mm-hmm. But then it's what's detrimental to your client. Like a poltergeist might not be. That might be a benefit to your client as a right. That's true. Right? That's true. And so you are, you are not allowed to, dis- and, and she wanted it disclosed. Yes. That's the other part of it. If you're selling a house that a murder happened in, because as a list agent, you can't disclose something that your client doesn't want you to, unless it's a material mess yes. and you absolutely, then you have to, you're bound to it. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. have to let your client know that. Mm-hmm. But she wanted it disclosed. So that gave them the right. So then at that point, you're like, okay, let me just pull up the articles and send them. Yeah. Now, if there's a murder that happened, if that client wants that disclosed, you do need to disclose it. But that client may say, no, I don't want to. It's not a material fact. Yeah. And then and this makes me think of when the real estate agents in Halloween and October have the not haunted writers on their houses. Mm-hmm. If there would be legal action, someone could take if they bought the house and then had poltergeist activity. Oh, oh yeah, because that because I thought from the cemetery. Yeah, I thought how fun it would be to like have that rider on a house in October, mm-hmm. but then there could be if it ends up having could that be something that someone could come back at you with? I don't know. Because how do you prove that there's haunting or That's not? True. Like everybody's more suspect. Like some people are more susceptible yeah. to that than others. So yeah. like, how do you prove yeah. that a haunting happened? Like yeah. someone opened your cabinet door, mm-hmm. and it will depend on like other people's belief systems too, because they think you're a wackadoo and mental. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bring it to the court. If the judge was just like, there the ghost. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, maybe you have an asterisk that said, oh, um, don't take my word for it. They don't take my word for it. Take my word for it. Like, oh, did you also have coffee with Bigfoot? <laughs> like, asterisk has not had a second. We went to the, the Bigfoot Museum in Oregon. Okay. okay. Hey, no, I'm not saying I believe. I didn't think I did. And now I'm not sure. <laughs> my grandpa on my mom's side had experiences with Bigfoot in the Boondock Mountains of Canada. Was it so, romantic? No. no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Being the beast. <laughs> I hate being up where that came from. Very no, weird. But... Oh my gosh. Hey, well. Uh, well, thank you so Keith, thank you for recommending. We will always take recommendations. Yeah, yes. Thank you, Garbage Skeleton. Yes, we love you. We love I love that. It's a great name. We're always going to remember that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, everyone. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you.